Welcome to season two of the Creative Queso Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Perkins. We made it through season one with amazing guests like Vicki Howe, Dear Handmade Life, and the Crafty Lumberjacks. Season two is not going to disappoint, as today I am kicking things off with my friend Ed Roth of Stencil One. Ever wanted to see your product hanging up in the aisles of Target? I mean, like, who hasn't wanted that? Well, yeah, Ed, he's there right now, and we're chatting about how he got there. Not just product lines, Ed has authored several books and licensed his images to companies like Plaid Crafts and even Clairol. Lots of times, influencers and content creators get the one-off chance to work with large companies on a campaign. But in this interview, Ed and I talk about how to make those experiences into lasting, mutually beneficial relationships for influencer, content creator, product designer, and the company. Stencil One, in my opinion, is responsible for making stencils cool again. Long gone are the stenciled ivy vines and geese and bonnets. Ed stencils are edgy and fun. Think ice cream cones, muscle cars, and listen into this episode to see just how excited I get to hear that there is also a vacuum stencil available. All right, let's do this. All right, Ed. I before you and I talked, I was trying to think about how long I have been using Stencil One stencils, and mm. I just thought to myself, Tallulah just turned ten, and I remember using your stencils at her baby shower because I had one of those like onesie making baby showers. Yes. So, like, how long have you been doing Stencil One? Um. Well, gosh, um, I have been at this 14 years, um, going on 15 years. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I remember way back when, when I found out about you and saw your projects and I remember you making, um, um, like you were painting stencils over like very patterned fabric. And I was like, oh, I love this like contrast. And that was like <laughs> at least 11 years ago. I know. Back back when we rode dinosaurs to Michael's back in prehistoric <laughs> prehistoric craft days. Yeah. Yeah. So well. I'm pretty sure I got I'm pretty sure like I you got on my radar because Chronicle used to send me books all the time to review and that's kind of how I first fell in love with all your designs. Would you say that putting like putting out books with Chronicle was your like quote unquote like big break or kind of how you got like you know, your first big burst of exposure or was there something before that? I, I think that was, uh, just a great, a great, great, great help. Um, I was on Martha Stewart, uh, before that, but when the books came out, um, the first book came out 2008 and I started 2004. Um, so you get so much exposure with a book. Um, mm -hmm. uh, people would, have the book and say, Oh, I didn't know about stencil one. And I'm going, yeah, I've been doing this four years or so, but, uh, the book since books sell like into all different types of stores and Chronicle is so wonderful about their marketing. Um, that gave me a lot of attention and, and grew my uh, audience. So, uh, the books are a wonderful, uh, advertising <laughs> to the brand. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm pretty sure that's how 
like I got on to you, like I'm thinking back to all those like onesies and it's funny too, because I'm not one to like keep every baby thing, but I did keep most of those onesies that were made for her. Mm -hmm. And I not too long ago was like, you know, kind of making sure everything was put away as it should be. And I noticed, I was like, man, this is like the Ed Roth baby wardrobe up in here. (laughs) I mean, I've used it on my own clothes for sure, but I was like, dang, my kids like had an Ed Roth wardrobe when they were, uh, firstborn there are lots of awesome stencils in there <laughs> <laughs> thank you and oh, and they got to wear one of a kind items exactly <laughs> they were always some of my favorites well so after the book then the next thing I remember I'm kind of like going down like a brief history of Ed Roth and stencil 101 <laughs> uh, was the next thing I kind of think about with you as far as like your business like big points was with plaid you did some things with them now, did you do, did you license your designs with them or were those like brand new designs you did? Some were new. Um, it was a licensing agreement and I was looking to work with a larger craft company. And um, uh, so they, uh, that was uh, a wonderful way to um, reach into the stores like Michael's and Joann's where they went because uh my small company, um, I've learned a lot from that experience that uh, Michaels likes to buy from the same manufacturers that they are used to working with. So getting into those stores was, it was best to do a licensing agreement with somebody who had the real estate in the store already. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so that's the business side of it. And then Luckily, I got to reach uh, all those uh, people that love to shop at, um, you know, it's like the one-stop shop. So um, there I was in Michael's and Joann's where I hadn't been yet. So that was good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking about like going through plaid because I've heard that too, that Michael's likes to work with those you know, the established companies and the big ones, and then they know can fill their orders. And it reminds me, like your logic, I've heard other designers say this, reminds me of, I used to run a record label and it's like, Hmm. you could put out your own records, you know, but if a record label approaches you, they've already got all the distribution channels. They've already got the real estates in the stores. You know, they've already, like, why reinvent the wheel? If somebody who wants to help you with some of that stuff is is already there. Exactly. It's pluses and minuses to, um, anyone who's got a company and wants to license their work. Like it's funny because I make stencils and I licensed my art for plaid to make the same stencils really. Mm -hmm. But you know, some people like, like I would, I'm looking into licensing my stencil art to be applied to um, soft home goods, uh, school supplies, uh, textiles. So that's like different for me, but I license stencil art to become stencil art. So that was like something I learned from that. Um, like, okay, they're going to get it further. They're obviously going to win the lion's share of the sale. Um, but it will build a new relationship with me and, and just get more people knowing about my company, um, who might not have known it yet. Like the, uh, the shopper at Michael's. Yeah, exactly. And it's nice, too, that your brand was still on there, you know, like you and um, Handmade Charlotte. Like whenever I would see that stuff, it's like there's your name on it still on the packaging. 
Yeah, yeah. Like that's yep. all negotiable when you're going down that path. And so that's something you just push for. Like, okay, I want my brand up there with yours. And I want it the same size, mm-hmm. um, you know. So, um, yeah, definitely that was that was important. God, I need to do a whole other interview with you about licensing. I just got back from Craftcation in uh, Ventura, yes. California. Yeah, and we were all talking about like, licensing that was a hot topic like I think there's a lot of people that are just like it seems like this like vague term and it's like I don't know what it means do I sell my art do I license my art do I do this do I do that so yeah if you write any more books for Chronicle consider that topic <laughs> I will. I will. Or we could do another interview or, or post about it at least. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I know. And I well, I saw Jenny Hart when I was out there and we were talking about um, it. I need to like I need to go to all my like knowledgeable people like you and Jenny and put together a post about it. So Plaid mm-hmm. is how you ended up in stores like that kind of opened that door for you at places like Michael's and Joanne's and then like I always see it at Tuesday morning, my favorite, my favorite secret craft spot. Oh, cute name. I got to look into that. I know. Um, it's, the, it's the best store. <laughs> oh. um, yes. Yes. Because otherwise I wouldn't, you know, I'm a U.S. made product. My product is uh, therefore a little more pricey. Um, uh, so that was my in to those stores. Yeah. But your like products are so cute, though. Do you know what I mean? In a world <laughs> full of like... Before you, I think a lot of people thought of stencils as like, I mean, I can just remember my mom in the 80s, like stenciling like borders in rooms, you know, that were were real, real bad stencils. So it's like before you came along, I would have turned my nose up at stencils, but, you know, (laughs) you brought a whole new world to stencils for me. I was just like, what? These are cute stencils. How did that happen? Well, thank you. Yes. I remember when we first met at one of the trade shows years ago when it was the CHA, I think it was like over 10 years ago, I was the only company with stencils, except another company had some little like brass stencils for embossing. Um, But it was like, oh no, stencils are out. So they're not here anymore. And I was like, well, I hope you like my new designs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. It's a new, it's a new spin on a stencil. It's not your typical stencil. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> which I love. So not only just, Thank you. you know, Michael's and Joanne's, your big new hot gossip is that you have your goodies in Target, which clearly is like everyone's dream come true that's ever made a product, like would love to have it mm-hmm. in Target. So kind of talk <laughs> me through how that relationship got started. Right. I have a big smile on my face. because uh, sometimes... You should. Congratulations. <laughs> it's amazing. Thank you. Sometimes, you know, you're just busy running your business that you, when you do things like this, you take a step back and you're like, oh yeah, it's amazing. It's totally Um, amazing. Anyone would love, I mean, you know what I mean? Think of anybody that makes anything, like their end goal, like if they saw their stuff at Target, like I see Joy Cho posing with her stuff at Target on an end cap. Like, I don't blame her. Like she's still obviously like filled with joy about it. Like Mm -hmm. you should, you should be amazed and patting yourself on the back. Thank you. I, it is a, it is an exact dream come true. I was like putting that out there into the universe for quite some time. I was like, (laughs) you know, to me, they're the store that I fit with. They're a little edgier and, you know, for a mass store um, and they're fun. So I was like, man, I would like to be in there. And so the way it all happened was um, the way I, I do my own sales. So what I do is um, 
reach out to stores, find out who the buyer is in my in the department that I want to be in. And, you know, you just start with emails and sending them samples and uh, just hoping the, uh, the tides turn in your way that, that they're doing, um, you know, considering new products. And I did get a little insight um, at one of the meetings with Target when I went to present that, um, well, I presented uh, to a buyer who was there a few years ago and she said she really liked my story. She liked that I was the artist behind the brand and she felt this authenticity about it. And I was like, okay, that's, that's interesting that that's what they, they are drawn to. So I was really happy about that. And she said, yes, that they're going to go in the stores. And then she said, actually, I don't have room and, um, but we'll sell you online. And the online sales were really strong for um, a year plus. And then a new buyer came into place and I w- met with her and she was so personable and lovely and said, um, we'd really like to um, consider some of the designs for in-store. And she also told me that Todd Oldham um, had recommended me like, cause they make some stencils in the handmade modern brand. Mm-hmm. But he said something to the effect of, well, Ed Roth's like the great stencil guy. Why don't you carry his? And I was like, he said that. Right. <laughs> like, I'm like, put that, that on I a want. T-shirt, on a little piece right. of paper, keep it under your pillow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I grew up watching him on House of Style. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm much younger than him at all, but I um, was gravitating towards his, his uh whole style years ago. So I was like, oh, it's great to hear that he recommended the brand as well. So uh, in I went, Um, you know, it's a process, you know, learning the red tape with the big stores, but gosh, I'm super grateful to be in there. And um, yeah, we have five designs in the, in the store right now, and it's in 641 of their stores. And I think they have 1800 stores. So uh, it's in my target. I saw it. Oh, good, good. Because I, I know. I, I want to like run up and go like, I know that guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's my friend and like point at it and tell everybody <laughs> in the aisle. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah. yeah you, you know, it seems like speaking of Todd, because um, we're on a first name basis, <laughs> um, you know, you and I were talking before we hit the record button that I had interviewed Danielle from Kid Made Modern. I'm curious how, or not how, but, or why Target, you know, cause they seem to only carry mostly, you know, the Kid Made Modern brand. And then they maybe had a little bit of like EK success, you know, a little bit of paper goods, but I noticed yeah. that a bunch of, there's, there's several new crafting SKUs. There's you and, um, it seems like deco art has some paint in there that I hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. And maybe a couple, you know, they seem to be like expanding it or, you know, catching on that, like this crafting things for reals, like we may need to give it some more real estate. Do you feel that? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm hoping that they increase their aisle um, size because um, I think um, I know that they cater to like the families and the novice um, crafter is how they've kind of worded it to me, but like, you know, easy projects, um, something people can digest and pick up all the things they need in that one aisle. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
I know it's mostly handmade modern, so I did feel like very lucky to get in there as well. And I did see a few new brands that I thought were super cute. And I was like, oh, it's really like they just did a revamp um, in March. So I noticed like um, this shiny new fun stuff in there. Like I saw some really cute uh, needlepoint projects with, Mm -hmm. you know, fun modern imagery. And it wasn't all uh, their brand. I guess they don't want to manufacture and make everything under their brand. So they getting turn to getting other some people. new talent in there. Yeah, well, I like you yeah. said, I was super excited to see it in there. And some things like, yes, if I need a glue stick or some, you know, sticks for my glue gun, there it is. But it's nice to see some stuff for other crafters. Like like you said, there was some, like, needlework. There was the paint now. And then, you know, your stencils. And, you know, and you and I discussed earlier, all that kid-made modern stuff is, you know, every bit is nice as like adult craft stuff you know their paintbrushes don't leave fur in your art so if you want you want and if you want to use their paint with your stencils like it'll be opaque so yes you can do it now are those stencils that you did for target exclusive to them or can we still get them on your website i have very similar on my site what i did with the um specific for target was I revamped all the packaging and offered a lot of like inspiring imagery and uh, uh, the instructions are in three languages, uh, colorful new inspiring projects are on the packaging and the prices are actually better <laughs> in the target stores. So oh. yeah. Um, hot tip. Hot tip. Get in there. <laughs> <laughs> Get in there and also take your picture with them while you're there. Let's touch on you and I are going to have a contest when this episode comes out that on my Instagram account, if you leave a comment on a picture, you could win the five stencils. And then tell me about the contest that you're running over on your Instagram feed for the stencils. Yeah, I'm asking people to take their cameras into Target stores where the stencil one stencils are and take a picture of them on the rack and then take a picture with them. Like you could do a crazy boomerang. You could do, um, I'm seeing some cute stuff get posted. I just posted the contest and um, yeah. And then tag it at stencil one hashtag. uh, What was it? Stencil one bullseye. And um, since they're in 650 stores, I'm, hoping to get at least 650 images sent to me. And, right. One um, from every store, life goals. Yeah. And I'm giving away the five stencils, some fabric markers from Sharpie, uh, a Muji tote bag, and then one lucky winner will win uh, an Ot light for their um, creative room. It's uh, green and white, and it has a USB charger and... Um, the light is very comfortable for the eyes. So it's sort of like a healthy light. Um, Lord knows yeah, I need I, those. I'm to that point in my life where I need readers and ought lights for every craft I do. Yeah. I'm looking <laughs> at my readers right here on my, um, <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Damn it. <laughs> <I know. laughs> How yeah. did you guys pick those, the five stencils? Like, I know you said that they're slightly different for target than they're on your website, but how did, did you guys do some like A-B testing or was that the ones that were selling the best on their website? I'm curious how you came to those because there's what? There's ice cream, there's the stag, mm-hmm. there's a tree, mm-hmm. and then there's what? The one with like a high the heel. The diva set. Yeah, yeah the diva set. And, and then what's the fifth one? I'm blanking uh, A on lotus. It. It's a two-layer oh, yeah, lotus. the two-layer stencil. lotus. 
Yeah. So how'd y'all pick um, those? I think the buyer um, kind of chose what she liked. And some of those I recommended, like, I was like, these are good sellers and have appealed to a lot of people. But some surprised me and I'm like, you know, you know, your you know, your shopper better than me. So I trust the buyer to, uh, you know, I highly, I highly recommend to buyers like, you know, you're going to do well with these, but um, then they'll throw in, like I, somebody said to me, oh, it looks like there's one for each season. And I'm mm. like, oh, okay, I could see that. Like some fall looks, some summer looks. Um, so maybe that was their thinking, but it wasn't really based on data, um, except for me saying, okay, I know a few of these are like really good sellers. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It was I think kind it was of more good like, instinct. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay, yeah, I was curious how those all got picked. I'm pumped for the ice cream myself. I'm that's the one I'm going to do a craft project with. So yeah, oh, I, I think can't I've already done because because you know, what you do, I love. <laughs> <laughs> you always surprise me, and that's what I love. I'm like it'll be wackadoodle. That's, that's my favorite thing about this business is I make a tool and then people surprise me with what they make. I'm like, okay. Um, I would never, never thought to do that. I've seen some crazy stuff like, um, um, I don't know, years ago, somebody stenciled, uh, the back of their toilet, like the tank of the toilet with a, they had a lodge looking bathroom, uh, you know, like wood siding in the bathroom and stuff. And, uh, they put a deer on the back of the toilet. I was like, Okay, you're really going for it. Liking it. Yeah, and I love your projects, the felt. Remember the felt stuffed um, stuffed stuff? And I love a no-sew because I don't know how to sew. I know. Me and a hot glue gun, we're best friends. (laughs) I always love it. You know, I was going to ask you this question later, but we're we're on the topic of it. Mm. You know, you always seem to have such a good kind of magic power of working with you know, I guess I use the term influencers or people, you know, other crafters that, you know, in the community of sending out your, your stencils to, like you mentioned, you know, the no-so monster ornaments I did. And then I saw you had a really cute little dresser on your blog right now from modern surrealists that use Mm -hmm. your Mm -hmm. stencils. So why do you think you, you do this a lot, so you must find importance in it. Like, why do you think it's so important to have other creatives work with your stencils as opposed to, you know, some companies might be like, just them creating all the content and showing, you know, how to use your thing. You've always done a really great job of working with other people to see how they use their stencils or your stencils. Yeah. Well, I think part of it is that, um, well, it's, it's great to form like friendships in this, in this business. Cause like we can talk shop. We're obviously into the same stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it just feels comfortable. And then, um, like you, for example, like I would never think to do some of the projects you do. Like I'm like, oh, I used to not paint the designs over pattern and layer like that. Like I'm so, I would keep it so simple at first. Like I'm like, oh, I have a beige shirt and I'll put a brown deer on it. Like I was keeping it very <laughs> clean and simple. And then I'm like, oh, I like this like contrasty, like craziness happening. Um Marissa with the dresser that she did, um, I'm like, like, she does big projects and, and she has a new daughter. And I was like, 
and she painted in a different style than I paint. So you get to see other people's hand in the in it and other people's style and um, uh, maybe they're more elaborate or like a totally different palette. So mm -hmm. you get that. And then uh, of course you reach to their audience as well. So mm -hmm. um, that's, that's always beneficial. It's like, okay, like they're going to share this project with their audience and then you get to know their audience and then mm -hmm. um, engage with those people. So win-win. Win-win. Um, yeah. Well, you've just always done a good job of that. I thought like, you know, you. Working I like with that you other... said magic. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're just so magical, Ed. You are. <laughs> you are. So speaking of other magical things, so besides working mm. with Target, another big company that I see you work with quite a bit is Levi's. Mm. Am, am I wrong? It seems like I always see you like live stenciling with them. Yeah, I've done so many events with them. I'm, I'm super grateful. Like, it's like you're the... Uh, you're the 13 year old that's like coming of age and being wanting to be cool. And your 17 year old brother's bringing you to the cool party. Like <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> I love it. That's totally yeah. how I would feel like, really me, you mean it? I can go. Right. right. <laughs> Are there yeah, any other I, companies like that that you work with? Um, I have worked with, um, I, I was thinking about that. Like I started out with like, doing a lot of events with Etsy because they're in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. um, they used to have this like free crafting night that was, I want to say it was like almost weekly. Like they were just letting people into their studios to like learn new crafts. And uh, so I did big events with Etsy. Um, I did events at bookstores where my books were sold. And that led me to like doing events at museums. Like I did an event with uh, a few events with the Brooklyn Museum and uh, the SF MoMA. And then I reached out to Levi's, um, and, and they loved that I customized their clothing. So that became several events and I've done events with the gap Clark's shoes. Uh, I painted Clark's shoes. That was fun. Um, Converse. I did a big event with Converse. Um, I love it. You need a whole, you need a clothing line next. Oh, I'd like that. <laughs> right? Yeah, didn't, uh, gosh, who did she do it with? Jenny just did like a little private thing with, was it Citizens of Humanity? Somebody that's, oh, at, nice. somebody that's at Free People. Like just like, you know, a small like custom line. See, that's what you need. So I want some I, Ed Roth Levi's in my life. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell them that. <laughs> exactly. Tell yeah, them I said yeah. so. They'll definitely do it then. Look, oh, exactly. <laughs> like listen to this podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> This girl in her closet in Texas, she says that. She'll buy a pair. Exactly. And then I'll tell all my friends. No, I th You got I one sale. Yeah. I do think it would be amazing. And, you know, one thing I was thinking about with you and these, like, amazing partnerships and things you have, like, with, say, Levi's, where it's not just, like, a one-time deal. As, you know, as an influencer or a content creator, a lot of us get chances to make, you know, one time that company will come to us and be, hey, let's do this one time. And then you do it and then you never hear from them again. But mm -hmm. you seem to really have a way to create lasting partnerships with these giant brands. Do you have any mm -hmm. like tips or tricks on how to like, you know, influencers that do occasionally work with companies, like how to make that partnership be the gift that keeps on giving? Hmm. Um, 
well, you better be easy to work with. Right. <laughs> and, and trust their design team and create creative uh, people and their marketing team. Um, you know, it's a collaboration in every way. Uh, so I think that's helped it last, but it's also like luck of the draw because some companies I've worked with and it's been one event, two events with them, others it's been like them reaching out every uh, every six months to do something with you. Um, so it varies. I think it depends on you know, maybe somebody new steps into the role and then your relationship is gone with that company. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I think with Levi's, they liked uh, they liked my designs that complemented their aesthetic. Um, so I think that relationship really stuck the most. Mm-hmm. Um, Blossomed. I think also these companies are focused on moving into the customization arena. You know, you you go into Converse stores or you go online and you can customize Converse shoes yourself, um, you know, using an app. Um, I think everyone's moving towards customization. Levi's has a lot of their stores have like embroidery stations, um, silk screening stations. So I think they're attaching themselves to a customization company that, um, you know, it's, it's a win-win in both directions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you touched on something that I think is interesting. You kind of mentioned it here and you mentioned it earlier when you were talking about the buyers at Target, which was Mm -hmm. kind of trusting the brand. I find a lot of people that own their own company are just sometimes cut their nose off to spite their face about like, well, no, this is how it should be. And this is how it should look. And the packaging should be this and da, 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 da. And not stepping back and going like, you know, Levi's knows their customer. Target knows their customer. Let them, let these people that are hired to do their job, do their job. They know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, I find that a lot with small, small businesses and craft companies sometimes. And I think that's a really important piece of advice when working with the company, like, their marketing team knows what they're doing. Like, trust them. <laughs> right. Like, I will highly, like, definitely tell a buyer or I will say something that I, I know from my 14 plus years of experience with this. Like, everyone's going to buy this stencil. Like, I sell thousands of them on my site. Like, I really think you'll do well with this one. And then they can go from there with that. Um but that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. You can't say, no, don't buy that, you know, whatever. Like I have stencils of like vacuums and crazy stuff on my site that I just don't take down any of the designs. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are like, why don't you slim it down? And I'm like, oh, I made these. I'm going to keep offering them. Right. So, now I'm suddenly like, what? You have a vacuum stencil? Like I totally want the vacuum stencil. <laughs> See, I knew you'd like it. Right. They, you, have you seen yeah. the Unicorn Store, the new Netflix movie with Brie Larson? I did. Yeah, remember <laughs> her and that glitter-covered vacuum? Oh, the glitter. Yeah. See? Oh, what right. I, uh, right. We could have the Unicorn Store vacuum t-shirts. God, True. Send it to Brie. Why? <laughs> But uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, tell them, like, I'm just letting you know, like, I've got experience. This does well for me. But then, you know, being easy to work with and also, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Amenable? 
malleable, flexible with the other parts as well. Seems to be right. a good tip. So, you know, if you have your stuff, this was another hot burning question I had. If you have your stuff in a place like Target, are you, I mean, obviously you're not doing those stencils, cutting those stencils themselves. I know you have them made in the USA. Are you like, do you have like a fulfillment place that does all that for you that you outsource? Or do you just have like a mountain of stencils like all around your bed right now? Yeah, I, I, or thank both. goodness, no. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was lucky enough to find a manufacturer that would uh, cut my designs for me as well as package them all together, store them and ship them. Oh, nice. And yeah, so it's good that, and it's been the same relationship for, uh, since I started. So it was good that I went with a larger company that could, could scale with me. Um, and I didn't realize that, like, that was lucky of me to, to, uh, to be with that company at the start. So I don't have to rethink that relationship. There are, there's new product that I'm looking to have made that um, would take me overseas because some things you just can't get made here anymore. Mm-hmm. At, or, or, you know, they'd be $20 instead of $1, like paint brushes like you just there's some things you just it's really hard to find the source of here and so that's something new to learn is okay you know would you drop would the manufacturer then like I don't have a warehouse that would take in product that's made outside of this um, the stencil maker so um you know, I'm in Brooklyn where real estate's so expensive. I'm like, oh, do I want a warehouse and do I want to be my own manufacturer and, you know, control that? And I'm like, I don't, I don't think I want all that extra in my life when at the end of the day, I think I'm best at design and marketing. Mm-hmm. So, so if you're best at design and marketing, stick to that and then figure out who's going to do the other stuff for you. How are you going to pay them? And, you know, what will you walk away with? So that's how I've kind of looked at the formula of, of, uh, business, but I'm always exploring, like now I'm looking at making new products like wallpaper, wall decals. And I'm like, okay, am I going to do the same formula where there's a manufacturer making this for me? Or am I going to, you know, some days I'm like, Oh, I'll buy a printer that prints wallpaper. And then other times I'm like, okay, I'll go overseas and have it made there and mm-hmm. it'll drop ship. But everything I've sold thus far is made in the USA. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, but sometimes, I mean, I get it. You can't, I mean, some things just, they just literally do not make it here. And you have to go elsewhere to have it manufactured. So if you did something, I know you and I were, when we were trying to schedule this, you mentioned you were going to a wallpaper factory. So of course, yeah. so of course my ears pricked up and I was like, what does that mean? Stencil one wallpaper is coming to a, a store near me soon. Are you looking, are you going to work with a company on that? Are you looking to put out these like homeware items yourself or are you allowed to talk about it? I, it's, it's in its early stages. So I, I'm a crazy designer. Like I can design, I'll design before I figure out, okay, how's this going to be made? But I've designed a full catalog of wallpaper. (laughs) I have, I have, like hundreds of designs, like because the stencils, um, 
at when you repeat the patterns on walls at the end of the day it looks like wallpaper mm -hmm. and then I was like okay that's natural progression to translate the designs into wallpaper um, and then I was like okay um, I want it affordable like that's kind of my mission I want people to uplift their homes with a you know not break the bank and so now how am I going to get this made at the price that they can afford? Who's going to make this? You know, I want it to be easy to use. So I'm thinking of like very certain ways that you apply this and um, finding the best quality um, and usability of a product. So I'm testing a lot of materials. I'm, yeah. And then I was touring a factory um, last week. And that was um, seeing all this all this wallpaper being manufactured in all different types. So I was like, okay, they're very capable of making what I need. Um, and then it's like the pricing of, and would they be able to fulfill it? Like, can they store it and fulfill it? Because I don't have a warehouse mm -hmm. at this moment. So like putting all those pieces together to launch a new item. Yeah, and, well, I mean, wallpaper Rome wasn't built in a day, so, yeah, you know, yeah, baby steps. But I think baby that would steps. be amazing, like, because for me, like, if, if I have to use a ruler and things have to be exact, like, repeat patterns on a wall, oof, mm. oof, I can't do mm. it. But, like, wallpaper, like, I could do that if it was already all perfectly lined up for me. Right. Yes. I like that idea. Have you ever, Thanks. when I was... um you know, looking through your stencils, I was thinking to myself, have you ever looked into having, and maybe you already have this, I didn't realize it, like downloadable PDFs as like cut files for everybody that's obsessed with like vinyl cutting with like crickets and stuff. Right. You, you know what I mean? Your images seem like they would lend themselves well to that, like put it on a Yeti or, right. you know, or whatever. I, I like the idea. I'm just, it, I mean, I'm just weary of people, um, swapping those files and not paying you for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that. you're putting your digital work out there and then um, it's a, it's an easy, mine is an easy um, art form to uh, pull down and copy. So uh, it, it's been, that's been my hesitation. Like I was like, Oh, I could sell right on Cricut and people can scale this to any design, any size they want. Um, but didn't go ahead with that just because of the weariness of um, the, the copy, copying and... No, I hear you. You know, at the end of the day, you got to get paid for your work. So I was like, I don't know. No, I hear <laughs> I don't you. I know about all this. I'm yeah. just like always obsessed with like people that could like do like downloadable PDFs. Like when I was a little kid, my dad would literally be like... Like, Big Jen, let me tell you about these things called pigs. Passive income generators. They make money while you sleep. Like, seriously, I was a small child, and my dad would be having these conversations <laughs> with me about pigs. And so, like, now as an adult, like, I find myself lecturing everybody. Like, I think if you did this, then, like, made it a digital, and then you don't have to do anything. It could be your pig. Mm. My dad would be so proud. But, no, I totally, totally get your point. People could be passing it around. And I like that he trickle that info to you oh my god and i i do try to think of uh, i i like a passive income of uh okay you design something and now like let it run um i'm not saying no to the uh the downloads i gotta just figure that out yeah how to make it 
protected. That's another Jenny Hart question. So she has her embroidery patterns that way. Again, mm-hmm. when I do the uh, Jenny and Ed interview and we talk about art licensing and downloadable PDFs and protecting your designs. I'd love that because Th- I love Jenny. That'll be the part two <laughs> <laughs> to the interview. All right. So I'm going to end with a couple of more random questions for you. You already, we already knocked out one of them, which was you t- working with all your, your different friends to see them put a spin on it. So I'll make up another one. I was going to ask you, well, you said the toilet. I was going to ask you what the weirdest thing was you've seen with uh, one of your stencils. And I'm, I'm guessing well, toilet is the winner of that question. Well, hair is another one where. Oh, you um, had that in a book, right? Where they shaved it. We, we had it in a book where they shaved a design into the side of a guy's head, but, um, there's uh, an artist named Janine Kerr that was using my stencils to like, she would sort of like flatten a girl's hair Mm -hmm. and then stencil the design onto the um, straight flat hair. Obviously it's kind of more like photo shoot rather than like walk around because I think, you know, your hair would move and you Mm -hmm. not see the design. No, with um, enough Aquanet it wouldn't. <laughs> I am a Texas oh, I girl. I used to use through. a lot of that. I am oh. a Texas girl through and through. I know all about that. Yeah. And I'm an 80s boy, so I know Aquanet. You know it. Well, that's <laughs> awesome. I'll have to look that up. So what, she would do like, would she use like colored hairspray? Yeah. And uh, these pastes. I actually made a little kit for Clairol. They had these color pastes. Yeah. Um, these uh, Kind of like paint comes in a tube, but it was this paste for your hair, and you could dab it on with a sponge. And uh, they were using five of my stencils in a kit to like put like a leopard pattern on like like a short haired um, like a crew cut type mm-hmm. look. Um, or if you had like shaved the side of your head, like they did it more on like short hair. But um, yeah, hair hair was uh, the newest surprise for me. I like it. I know whenever I'd get your new book, I would be like, what? Look at you using powdered sugar on a cake with that stencil or putting Mm. it in your hair. Like (laughs) I thought I was clever etching glass, like hair. Man, add Clairol to your list. Like who knew the versatility of stencils? Right. I'm like, okay. Cheese and crackers. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of your stencils are kind of reminiscent of like stencil style graffiti and I you know yes. I'm not pretending to be a graffiti aficionado by any stretch of the word you know word but they always kind of they don't remind me of Banksy but I guess that's the most famous like stencil spray paint artist so I was like curious if you'd ever uh pulled a Banksy and done any graffiti on any buildings or you know keeping it legal if you've ever been commissioned to do any like murals or you know, paintings on walls, kind of like that. Mm -hmm. I, um, well, the first question was about doing it out on the walls. Well, that's illegal. So I won't answer that question. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I said. So let's not have the police knocking on your door. Of course, you've never done that, but have you been commissioned? But there might, there might be a big sheep in my subway down the street, like down in the subway stairs. There might be a big sheep. We're using that term loosely. All right. And then, for murals, um, I've done a few, and one that I did was in downtown Brooklyn, and uh, I'll send you a photo of it. The coolest part about it was it was a community event that I 
I painted a base mural. Uh, it was like a big spray can, like a six foot spray can spraying out rays of color. But then I brought a pile of stencils and paint and all day people stenciled into the rays of color imagery, like my stencil imagery. So it looks like the spray can is shooting out, you know, a girl with an Afro and a bird and, you know, all the, all the stencil one imagery, but they got to apply it. So it was a group effort in the community. And um, that was one of my most rewarding days. And I want to do more of those where you're, letting people try stencil graffiti so well, that sounds awesome uh, i want to see yeah it was fun <laughs> and that sounds like a great project too like not with spray paint but you know i have lots of friends that do oh what's the word i'm looking for kind of like big art projects with kids you know like i have a friend that owns a big art center down the street and is always doing large-scale art projects with kids like something like that would be fun even with little kids and you know, like on a fence or like on a big banner, yeah. you know, get all the kids involved and make this like giant piece of like art for your school or for summer camp. Right. We, we did a similar one at the Brooklyn Museum and we made a, a paper wall and um, using markers and the stencils, they got to um, do the same thing. But it was they were having a, a sneaker exhibition, like uh, oh, sneaker history. Yeah, like sneaker heads yeah. kind of thing. Totally. Yeah. And so I did a big blank, um, like a Converse high top uh, mural on the paper, and then people stenciled inside of the shoe, uh, the imagery. And so little kids were doing it because all you had to do was color in the color in the stencil with the marker. Mm -hmm. So uh, <laughs> it was uh, definitely a, an easier one because you know it's on paper yeah oh that sounds cute yeah you'll have to send me yeah send me the pictures i will all right last but not least i make everybody mm. talk queso to me do you mm -hmm. do you guys have queso is there in brooklyn i mean i know it's there but do you eat it i do eat it Ooh, tell me I, everything <laughs> um one of my favorite places that gosh you would love it because if you were here um you got to visit and We'll go to a place called Union Pool. Um, it's a. It used to be a store that sold pools and pool supplies, mm -hmm. and it was like designed in the '60s, so it has a like a look to it. And they have a yard with a taco truck in it, and it's the best tacos in town. And they also have queso. So Ooh. I, I went a few weeks ago, and I rode my bike down, had the craving, and. They weren't open yet. It was like on the weekend. And I was like, oh, they don't open till two. So I rode my bike around. And then I was the first person in there and went like right to the taco truck and got my queso, two tacos, two shrimp tacos. And um, what I have? I think I had a Bloody Mary um, or Bloody Maria. I had some tequila. Yeah. It was like my Sunday brunch by myself. Right. I love and it, then, though. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yes, we have it, and that's my favorite place for it. Yum. Good to know. Yeah, I've talked to a couple different people yeah. in New York, and one girl was like, yeah, no, we don't have it at all. And then when I talked to the guys from the Crafty Lumberjacks, they're vegan. So they were like, mm. they were telling me where to get, like, good cashew, uh, cashew oh. casu in Brooklyn, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like, not the same, but okay. I know. I was like, it is tasty, <laughs> but it's not the same liquid gold that I'm referring to. Well, good. Now now I know. So when I come to see you and you can show me around town and we can stencil all day, mm-hmm. now I know where to go get good queso as well. Exactly. Loving it. Well, Ed, thank you so much for taking time to talk with me. Like I was telling you earlier, I went and got all the stuff to do punch needle with your new stencil kits at Target. And I am very excited for my latest stenciling endeavor. Uh, Well, you always blow me away. I can't (laughs) wait to see that. (laughs) Don't hold your breath. I'm really new to punch needle, but I am super excited to make some out of those ice cream cone stencils. Mm, I love it. It'll be great. All right. Well, thank you again, Ed. No, thank you. So nice chatting with you. And thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and Ed today. Every Thursday, there is a new episode of the Creative Queso Podcast with me, Jennifer Perkins, and a different friend. Don't forget to hit the archives for chats with the crafty Chica, Cassie Stevens, and speaking of Kid Made Modern, their creative director, Danielle Kurtz. Thank you again to my guest, Ed Roth of Stencil One. I've been using his stencils for over 10 years, and as I mentioned in the episode, I'll be using one of those ice cream cone stencils to do some punch needling later this afternoon. Be sure to find Ed at stencilone.com in a Target near you. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. If you want to hang out all week long, you can always find me at jenniferperkins.com and the show notes for this in every episode can be found at creativecaso.com. Last but not least, thank you to Mariah Gossett, my producer, and Chris Beck for the sounds. I'll talk to you guys next time.